Priority Talk. We are now into the second hour of Priority Talk. My name is Nate Williams. Greg Davis is out for tonight, but he'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing. So it's been it's been a night. It's been a couple nights, really. The first hour we covered some updates on the Israel and Hamas situation. And I don't believe I'm going to talk much about that in the second hour because sometimes you talk about it and you talk about it again and again and and you cover a lot of the details. And so there are other things to talk about as well. But if you miss that conversation, make sure to check out our podcast, Priority Talk. It's on Apple, Spotify and other locations. And so we're going to move to Andy Stanley and just his strategy that we we've talked about some and we're going to go a little bit deeper into that some of you may know his recent conference on how to parent children uh who are lgb etc etc some people will ask me why i don't include the t if you listen to me long enough i'll i'll, I'll always say lgb i don't say lgbtqia2s plus ampersand, uh, whatever sign, squiggly mark, uh, equal, uh, greater than, lesser than. I I don't get into the whole acronym. I just say LGB. And the reason why I stop before I get to the T is because the T destroys the rest of the acronym. The L, the G, and the B has no meaning. The 2S, the two-spirit, which is like Native American uh, ideology, Again, irrelevant in in light of the T, that you can be anything, man, woman, attack helicopter, uh, snake, unicorn, cat, dog. Uh, the, the ideology behind the T, that your identity is completely separate from your biology and you can be anything you want. Uh, you know, also Q stands for queer. Uh, you can be anything you want. Well, that destroys the L, the G, and the B. Like, they have no meaning. Because think about it this way. If two guys are attracted to each other, what do we call that? We call that gay. If two uh, ladies are attracted to each other, well, we call that lesbian. So L, G, B. If people are into uh, either one, it's called bi. Okay. Well, let's say two guys are into each other, and one of the guys turns into a woman. Okay. So he decides, no, my authentic, genuine self, I am a woman. It doesn't matter. My my body, my biology, my reproductive system, I am now a woman. The other guy who was attracted to him, well, what does that make him? Is he still gay? Or now did he suddenly become straight because his partner is now identifying as a woman so he was into a guy but now the guy identifies as a girl does that mean he's now straight it's all ridiculous it's all ridiculous it makes you kind of like your head swim when you try to figure it out uh but anyway so let's say okay enough with the examples you get where i'm going the the ideology behind the t and the q the transgenderism and the queer all that means the L, the G, and the B are utter nonsense, and they basically don't even exist. Those categories don't even matter. So anyways, LGB community, going back to Andy Stanley, he had this interesting move that I think we'll see some of the left do more and more. The left, for a while, left side of Christianity, progressive or liberal Christianity, they would say things about the Bible like, oh, the Bible's backwards, it's an old document, it's imperfect, we can pick and choose what we like from it based on how we feel and what we think. But the left now is trying a different move, which which is interesting. It used to be throw the Bible out, take some scissors, take what you like, you know, pick and choose. Now with Andy Stanley, and I've seen this in a couple other locations, they'll go like, like with marriage. If you'll ask Andy Stanley, what is the definition of marriage? If you read your Bible and you follow church tradition, marriage is between one man and one woman. It creates children. It allows for the stability of culture and society. The family is the basic building block of society so that we can flourish as humans. So it's man, one man 
and one woman. Andy Stanley would agree with that. He's like, yeah, that's the definition. That's what he said in a sermon. But after that, he's like, well, but allow people to live how they want to live. If two people are attracted to each other, they're of the same gender, just just let them do that. Let, let them do that. It's okay. They, they can get married. They'll just let them do that. It's fine. It's acceptable. So it's like taking the doctrine and affirming biblical doctrine. Marriage is between one man and one woman. Yay. And, but you take the definition and you empty it of all substance. You say, sure, but if two guys want to get married to each other, fine. Well, what's the point then of the original definition? If you affirm it like verbally, but then you rid it of all weight and boundary, what are you actually doing? It's meaningless. It doesn't make sense. But Andy Stanley wants to say things like, well, Bible's important. He wants to hold on in some way, shape or form. I talked with Greg about this. And he wants to hold on to some form of orthodoxy. He can say, look at this quote. I affirm biblical marriage. See, look here. But then in practice, he wants to divorce doctrine from practice and say, but yeah, if two guys want to be together, that's totally fine. Well, then what was the point of the original definition? That doesn't really make sense. Divorcing doctrine, what we believe to be true, good theology, from pastoral practice and pastoral counseling, just live as you please. It's okay. It's all right. Do what you want. Very interesting move that I think we're going to see more and more from the left because they know what the Bible says about marriage. They do. Jesus talks about it. Genesis has it in the very beginning of Genesis, one man and one woman, clear as day. Church tradition going back thousands of years is also clear, one man and one woman. So wherever the liberal Christian goes, you can't escape it. And so instead of chucking out the Bible, they'll pay lip service to good doctrine and just in practice be like, eh, whatever, do what you want. Quite interesting. But anyways, moving on. Andy Stanley had that quote about drawing circles instead of lines. He's like, you anti-LGB people, you draw lines. Instead, we need to draw circles. There are tons of problems with that analogy. It just circles and lines and whatever. It turns out drawing a line that extends forever is much better than drawing a circle actually and being inclusive but anyways whatever so lots of problems with that analogy but the point is uh, we need to be more inclusive but i think that this article from hunter beaumont from gospel coalition is, is very interesting very interesting and he starts by describing andy stanley's ministry philosophy and basically was Andy is trying to figure out how best to reach our culture. Andy came from the, the church of his father, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Stanley, and, and wanted to do things differently. He felt kind of held back. There were, there were burdens placed on him. So he wanted to, when he started North Point, wanted to do his own thing. And uh, let's see. He worked as a youth pastor at his father's Atlanta First Baptist Church, but felt stifled by its culture. He wanted to leave the church, but didn't want to leave ministry, so he started a new kind of church. Doing so resulted in a painful falling out with his dad, and it resulted in a multiplying megachurch. By the time I, this is Hunter, the author, tuned into Stanley in 2006, North Point, that's Andy's church, was three campuses of thousands, and today it has eight locations. It was a purposeful teaching church, positioning itself as an advanced scout for evangelicalism, going where most churches hadn't gone to solve problems they hadn't solved. North Point concepts were distributed to other churches and church leaders through a resource ministry and annual drive conferences. You should come and learn from us isn't a new line. It's been part of North Point's ethos from the outset. And so that's the line Andy tells people, learn from me, learn from North Point. I am reaching demographics that you are not. 
And I think there's a part of that that's commendable. Like Greg and I talk about in the past, we need to offer resources for parents of LGB students, LGB kids. Let me ask you this, dear listener, look at your local church. Does your local church offer resources for LGB, uh, for, for parents of LGB children? D does your local church, does my local church help parents in these difficult situations? What would you do? Balancing grace and truth. What would you do if your parent came to you, excuse me, if your child came to you and said, mom, dad, I'm struggling with these desires. What do I do? Do we have counselors and resources? Do we offer support groups for, for parents who understandably are like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. You don't want to cast your kid out. That is clearly the wrong answer. Oh, you're gay, Johnny? Get out of here. No, that's not loving. We all deal with sinful desires. And, uh, you know, so our heterosexual lust is is not great obviously it's sinful it's abhorrent to a holy god when we give in to the lifestyle i should say being tempted is not wrong because we're all tempted jesus was tempted it's what we do with the temptation that matters so being tempted in a certain direction isn't wrong it's natural we're humans but what do we do with the temptations how do we direct guide mentor disciple others who are dealing with all these difficult things Andy's solution for parents is basically to say, it's okay, it's fine, you have a place here. And on one hand, that's a good thing. Like, hey, come to church. You have a home here. But what he does with the sin is says, yeah, you're okay, that's fine. Do your thing. It's all right. And kind of, it just allows for sinful lifestyles that God does not condone in his word. And that's not what we're supposed to do. So anyways, we're going to continue with this, keep going with the article, talk about North Point, and uh, what does it mean to love children who love teenagers who are experiencing these desires. We'll talk about Andy Stanley and some of those things he gets right some of the good things about his church and some of the things that he gets wrong. This is Truth 101.1. Don't go anywhere. More on the other side. Priority Talk. Here at Priority Talk, we're showcasing our longest running advertiser and good friend of the show, Today's Family Dentistry, your family hometown dental practice, conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Key Tan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians and a friendly staff who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with all the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield, all kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment at 256-739-3337. That's today's Family Dentistry, located in downtown Coleman, directly behind the Coleman County Courthouse. That's 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry, your friendly hometown dentist in Coleman. Alabama. This is Robert Jeffers, Bible teacher on Pathway to Victory. Thank you so much for listening to Priority Talk with my friend, Greg Davis, right here on WXJC. Welcome back and glad to be talking with you tonight on this Tuesday night. Uh, make sure to check out our website, PriorityTalkRadio.com, and follow us on social media at Priority 
talk. And what are we talking about now? We are going over Andy Stanley's church at North Point and the North Point philosophy. I think it's fascinating and it is commendable up until a certain point. One of the things that North Point tries to do that we should also do at our local church is goes off of Acts 15. A keystone passage for Stanley is the Jerusalem Council of Acts 15, especially James's words in verse 19. It is my judgment, therefore. Now, hear these words. These are beautiful words in the Bible that we should live by as we seek to evangelize. All right. Words of James, verse 19 of Acts chapter 15. We should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. We should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Beautiful passage. Because sometimes in our local church, we have all these hoops to jump through, especially the more traditional your church gets. Now, I'm in the middle, and I think that's appropriate. Some people, when constructing a church service, are like, well, the church is for believers, so therefore, uh, you know, whatever, we can have all this highfalutin language. We shouldn't have to explain anything because it's for believers for the edification and building up of the church. So therefore, if a new person who's just a believer or who is interested in the faith comes in and is completely lost— well, shame on them. They'll figure it out. Whatever. The church is for believers. They can suck it up and learn. I don't think that's very great, do you? What if a new believer is just completely lost because our church does these things that is so unusual and alien to the culture where they come in and they don't know what's going on? I don't think that's very loving, do you? Then you have people who are on the other side who go in the other extreme. Everything has to be dumbed down, put in its most basic, simple form. We're going to cast a net that's a million miles wide, but an inch deep of spirituality so that everyone can understand. Now, there's no meat there. There's no very little substance. We're going to talk about basic things. Uh, we might get into just... Just whatever that people can understand, but we're not going to talk about the deeper things of God because a new believer or someone who is spiritually interested, they'll get lost. So we don't want to do that. We don't want to have any traditions. We don't want to have any uh, deep theology because we don't want to lose people. Again, I don't think that's very loving either because the church is is full of believers and Christians do need to be fed with the word and uh, just just helped out in that way. So I think we should be somewhere in the middle. Have meat for the more serious Christian who wants to learn. But also don't make your services so difficult that when people step into the church, they're instantly lost. I I feel like between grace and truth, Tradition and seeker-sensitive, high theology, but also easy-to-understand terminology. There's got to be somewhere in the middle, right? We don't have to go to either extreme. But what North Point does is follows James' words in verse 19. Do not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. At North Point, again, I'm going off of the Gospel Coalition article by Hunter Beaumont talking about Andy Stanley's recent comments about drawing circles instead of lines. This is Hunter. At North Point, not making it difficult means removing obstacles that prevent people from coming to church, coming back to church, and joining a small group. The priority is on establishing and maintaining relationships with the hope that people will move closer to God. This is perhaps easiest to see in Stanley's preaching method. In his book, Deep and Wide, he explains, My goal on the weekend is to present the scriptures in a way that is so helpful and compelling that everybody in the audience is glad to have attended and drives away with every intention to return the following weekend. I want them to walk away intrigued by the fact that they heard someone teach from the Bible and it was helpful. But anyways, uh, let's see, going on, uh, draw them into a relationship. 
show that the Bible is helpful. That's Stanley's preaching in a nutshell. It differs from other seeker-sensitive methods in one significant way. Stanley's approach is expository. Although he doesn't preach book-long series, most of his sermons are expositions of a specific text introduced with an insightful hook. So that's important to kind of differ Andy Stanley from other seeker-sensitive movements. Andy Stanley will preach from a Bible text. He will. He's not like those, I'm not going to mention other preachers, but other preachers do this thing that drives me crazy, where they'll take like a verse, and then they'll preach a sermon from the verse. They'll mention a single verse, kind of have this positive message, this rah-rah, motivational speech, kind of therapeutic, moralistic speech, motivating people to do, do better, give more, whatever. And then you go home and you're encouraged in some way. And it's just very shallow, very pop psychology way of reaching people. Stanley doesn't do that. He preaches from a text, which is commendable. And Stanley emphasizes relationships. He makes things very easy. And like I said, there are parts of that that we can learn from. Don't create obstacles for people that don't need to be there. Don't make it all about this deep theology. Yes, deep theology is good. But uh, if you have automatically this steep jump people need to make before they can be fully integrated in your church, look, that's not what Jesus did. Jesus could go into deep theology as good as anyone, right? He's God. God, fully God, fully man. But he could also talk on everyone's level. He could talk to the prostitutes. He could talk to the tax collectors. He could talk to the Gentiles, the Sumerians, the the Jews, but also he could talk with the Pharisees, the scribes, the the scholars, the lawyers, the, the politicians. Jesus could talk to anyone, and we should be able to do that as well. We should have ministries where you want to get deep into theology, go for it. We should also have ministries that evangelize and, and, and talk to people about the two plus two equals four parts of our faith, the loving God and loving others, telling people to repent and believe the gospel, meeting needs, food pantries and clothing uh, ministries and, 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 and tutoring and uh, financial advice and legal help. And we need to do it all. That's why I say uh, it's good. I'm not original in saying this. I get a little bit of this from Tim Keller. I'm glad that we have so many local churches because your local church that I'm not a part of has its own strengths and weaknesses. My local church that I'm a part of can reach people that your church can. We need large churches. We need small churches. We need middle class and high class and low class. I mean, none of those in insulting, snobby ways. I just, you get what I'm trying to say. Poor churches and rich churches. And we need scholars, right, that can go into academia and and, and talk the language of scholars. We need those in the trades, people who can reach blue-collar non-believers and talk about the gospel. We need people in the music industry and the acting industry. We need business owners. We need politicians. We need to go into all of culture. We need those who are reaching out to the homeless. We need those who are reaching out to uh, the rich. We need those everywhere. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus could hang conversationally with anyone. It did not matter. The outcasts, the rejected, the homeless, the the prisoners, the the criminals, he was there. He was also there with the rich, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scholars and the scribes. He could talk all day long about the Old Testament. That's how we are to be as well. And so there are commendable aspects, bringing this back to Andy Stanley. There are commendable aspects about what North Point is trying to do, that Andy is trying to reach demographics that my local church might not be good at. And he's saying, do what we're doing. That's commendable up until a certain point, up until a certain point where all of a sudden we're selling our soul. All of a sudden, we're not reaching the people with the ultimate truth of the gospel because we've exchanged it for a fake version. 
We preach acceptance, but it's a phony, false, sinful acceptance. What did Jesus come to earth to do? He said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. We live sinful lives, and God loves us. He loves us so much, John 3, 16, that he sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. But there's a turning away of our sins and our sinful desires and our sinful lifestyles that Andy has lost in his commendable mission to love those that at times have been treated terribly by the church have been treated awfully by the church. Andy wants to love and, and meet needs and tell people about Jesus, but he sold his soul in the process because of that pesky R word that we don't like. I don't like it any more than you like it. Do we like when Jesus convicts us, the Holy Spirit convicts us on the inside and calls us away from our sin? It's ugly. I don't like it. I'm convicted. I can't tell you how many times God has convicted me about the way I treat my wife, about the way I view political uh, people who are in politics that I disagree with, the way I view those who don't look like me, talk like me, act like me, think like me. And God said, I love them every bit as much as I love you, Nate. So how dare you think those thoughts towards them when I sent Jesus to die for your sins as well? So again, there's much commendable about Andy's approach, removing obstacles for people coming to know Christ. But at the end, we have to balance grace with truth. And Andy swings too far on, on, on that swing towards the other side. We'll continue talking about Andy Stanley. Uh, when we come back from break, also there's an article from First Things talking about a gay Catholic who doesn't feel seen by Pope Francis. Are you interested? I sure was. I'll talk about some of those thoughts when we return. We're on Mondays through Fridays from 5 to 7. Don't go anywhere. Good news. Christian values. That's what Priority Talk Radio is all about. Join President of ALCAB, Greg Davis, along with co-host and apologist, Nate Williams, to hear about the latest news through a Christian lens. With a focus on politics and ministry, ultimately everything points to God. Join us weeknights from 5 to 7 p.m. on Truth 101.1 WXJC. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like... We are a little bit past the 6.30 hour. Glad to be talking with you about these things. In the first hour, we covered some updates about Israel and Hamas. So I, I, I figured... You can only talk about one topic for, for too, too long. And so if you missed any of that conversation, make sure to check out the podcast where we cover those things, statistics and news and all that horrible stuff that's coming to light. Just if you want to see some heartbreaking things, watch videos of what Hamas is doing to those Israeli citizens, innocent civilians. Just watch them and it, it'll it'll break your heart. But anyways, we're, we're not talking about that in the second hour. We're talking Andy Stanley, North Point strategy and selling your soul in the process of trying to reach people. And we're going to continue with that conversation. The Gospel Coalition has an article from Hunter Beaumont about how Jesus drew circles and lines, a response to Andy Stanley. And uh, I, I've gone over some of North Point's approach, and what Hunter says is it's reductionistic. After listening to several years of North Point sermons, I noticed a curious pattern. The subject matter of Andy Stanley was much narrower than the breadth of New Testament teaching. In the New Testament, I saw the apostles who came up with the original North Point idea of not making things difficult, teaching things that Stanley never addressed. As Stanley uh, reminds us, the approach of a communicator, uh, the approach a communicator chooses 
trumps his or her purpose every time. Stanley's approach is to select individual texts that make it through the filter of being helpful to an unchurched person, however they would define it. This approach precludes preaching longer sections or entire books of the Bible, but in that approach, much depth needed to sustain Christian faith also gets filter out, filtered out. So Andy Stanley will choose a text of scripture, which is actually a good thing. A lot of seeker-sensitive churches don't actually do that. So he'll preach a text of the Bible, but he will leave out parts of the Bible that doesn't really align with his philosophy. He's trying to be helpful to uh, non-believers or the unchurched person to make them comfortable. But what happens, as we predict, is a lot of the depth, the meat, the substance of the Christian faith gets filtered out. I decided I needed a different purpose. So this is Hunter uh, speaking in the article. Paul, the original missionary pastor, had a dual purpose to not make it difficult for Gentiles to turn to God and see that he not only did what Andy Stanley does, uh, trying to make it easy for Gentiles to turn to God, but also he teaches them the whole counsel of God so their faith could mature and endure. I adopted Paul's purpose while incorporating some of Stanley's communication insights. This leads me to preach longer sections of the biblical text. So what Hunter does in in his preaching is he sees the heart behind Andy Stanley. You want to make things as easy as possible for the unchurched to like understand, but also preach the whole counsel of God. Try to do both. And uh, let's see. What else does Hunter say? But basically, he goes on to address the unconditional conference, encouraging Christian parents and how to 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 raise LGB students. But but basically, um, what he says was we have to draw circles. We have to include these people. We can't by 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 being harsh. By being unloving, that that we are drawing lines and we're being mean, and we shouldn't do that. What Andy Stanley does is ultimately take the teaching of the Bible, marriage is between one man and one woman, and completely removes the 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 doctrine, the meaning of the doctrine, and says just accept those who are LGB. Don't tell them to repent, to turn from sinful lifestyles. Just accept them, and that's what it means. And that's, we, we shouldn't do that because the Bible doesn't do that. Think of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians was written to a church in Corinth, uh, people who were struggling with a bunch of different things. And Paul, he calls them to repentance. He calls them saints, that God loves you, that in Jesus you are, you are saints. God, God forgives, but also you have to turn from your sin. There's sexual sin that Paul addresses, and he calls them to repentance. You can't do that. So uh, this is what Hunter says about, you know, just the teachings of Paul. Uh, Number one, honor God with your body. Number two, don't be mastered by anything, porn, sexual addiction, another person, lust, And number three, don't sexualize a relationship outside of marriage. And uh, so so this is uh, my fault. This is Andy Stanley saying some very good things. Uh, Number one, honor God. Number two, don't be mastered by anything. Number three, don't sexualize a relationship outside of marriage. He continued, we affirm all three of the Apostle Paul's statements on the topic of same-sex marriage. Romans 1, 1 Corinthians 6, 1 Timothy 1. What the Apostle Paul called sin was sin then. And it's sin now. And so if you're there, Stanley, it it, it seems like Stanley's doing the right thing. I would agree with all of those things. Finally, Stanley concludes biblical marriage is between a man and a woman. At this point, if you stop there, you'd be like, amen. That's a biblical doctrine. That is affirming Paul in their teachings. And Hunter says that he was grateful for these clear affirmations. Yet, 
And this is where Andy Stanley kind of does his thing of saying the right things. But then when it comes to pastoral advice and wisdom, pastoral counseling, Stanley's like, yeah, let's let's what if we just directly contradicted what I just said? Yet other statements pulled in a completely different direction. After outlining the New Testament sexual ethic, which is good, Stanley then says this. Stanley explains that some people choose same-sex marriage because they find chastity not sustainable. It's their decision, Andy says. Our decision is to decide how we respond to their decision. And we decided 28 years ago, we draw circles, we don't draw lines. In other words, this isn't a decision the church would challenge. Earlier in the sermon, he explained why two married gay men spoke at Unconditional. So remember, this is Andy kind of dancing around stuff, saying one thing, doing another, standing for one thing, but not really. Psych. Earlier in the sermon, he explained why two married gay men spoke at Unconditional. Their stories and their journeys of growing up in church and maintaining their faith in Christ and their commitment to follow Christ all through their high school and college and singles and all up to the time they were married, their story is so powerful for parents of gay kids. And it's the story parents with gay kids need to hear. However, if how Andy Stanley described a New Testament sex ethic is true, then these men have now decided to not follow Christ. So it's so interesting. Stanley will say with his mouth, proper sexual New Testament ethics. But at the same time, he will celebrate men who clearly are in sinful lifestyles based on his own definition. Detaching, divorcing, biblical doctrine from pastoral practice, basically removing all teeth, all substance of New Testament doctrine and saying, well, if, if it's not sustainable, do as you please. It's a beautiful and good thing. It renders everything he just said about Paul and the New Testament meaningless. What if we did that to everything else? What if we did that with alcohol? The Bible's clear about alcohol addiction and getting drunk. What if we said, I, as a church, our church affirms that alcoholism, addicting, uh, being addicted to drugs and alcohol, it is a sinful thing to live in that lifestyle. However, hey, hey, however, if you find that not sustainable, if you find it too difficult, do as you please. We're not going to draw uh, we're not going to draw lines. We draw circles. What you would say at that point is, "What? What's going on? That's not right. That that's not correct." Not only do we need to affirm doctrine, we also need to live by it. We also need to repent and turn from our sins. What about theft? I have I'm a kleptomaniac. I have this desire to steal. Now imagine Andy Stanley doing this. Look, the Bible is against theft. The Bible is against thievery. That is biblical doctrine. However, if you find that lifestyle unsustainable, if you find that lifestyle, you just can't do it. It's too difficult. Do as you please. It's all right. We draw circles. We don't draw lines. Understandably, you and I would be like, what's going on? You can't do that. Yet Andy is doing that in the areas of sexuality, speaking out one side of his mouth, saying biblical, biblical, uh, biblically faithful doctrine, while also saying, well, but if you find that too difficult, it's okay. Do your thing. Again, Andy and his effort to reach demographics that the church traditionally has not been good at. In his commendable effort, he has sold the soul of loving people, which is saying, we all need Jesus. We're all sinners. If you are in a sinful lifestyle, we need to repent because God has better things for us. God has better things. You're, give him your sinful lifestyle and he will show you a life you could never dream of because it's so incredible. Pointing people to heaven. Anyways, 
Uh, what are your thoughts? I'm interested in hearing them. Text in 205-941-1011. On the other side, we're going to talk about a gay Catholic. You might be like, oh, what's Nate going to say? Well, we'll see, right? You'll have to come back on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. Priority talk. Marketing can be overwhelming because the marketing landscape is full of holes to lose your money. Stop trying to piece your marketing together. Start marketing with a purpose. Dot Edison Marketing is your full-service marketing partner. They are your business's outsourced marketing team. Call them at 205-332-3728. That's 205-332-3728. Or go to their website at .edison.com. Hey everybody, this is Kurt Cameron, and you're listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk. Closing out this second hour, my name's Nate Williams. Uh, Greg Davis is out for tonight, but he'll be back tomorrow. And it's been wonderful to get to talk with you as we've covered a whole lot of ground, uh, some heavy stuff, particularly in the first hour, talking about Israel and Hamas. And then in the second hour, we've talked a lot about Andy Stanley's approach to to L- the LGB issue and LGB kids. So we've talked about a lot of that in the second hour. To close out this hour, we're going to talk about a gay Catholic and how this person does not feel seen by Pope Francis. Now, this Catholic is trying to live a chaste life. This Catholic, and, and, and that's good, if you struggle with same-sex attraction, the proper response uh, is, is uh, chastity. Just like with, uh, you know, if you are uh, struggle with heterosexual lust, what is the proper response? Chastity, right? All sexual activity, straight or not straight, is sinful. And so you have this person who is uh, who, who struggles with same-sex desires trying to live faithfully to deny himself and be like, hey, I can't give in because I know that's sinful. And that that's commendable because that's how we're supposed to live outside of marriage is a chase no matter your orientation. And so this is what this person's trying to do. And Pope Francis is like Andy Stanley. Or maybe I should say Andy Stanley is like Pope Francis. They're cut from the same mindset, trying to reach the LGB demographic. They're they're very wishy-washy. From time to time, they'll affirm biblical doctrine and the biblical definition of marriage. But then when you see what they do, the people they invite, the people they interact with, celebrate and affirm, you're like, but those people are living openly sinful lifestyles. What are you doing? And so on uh, first things, this person named uh, Sebastian Alvarez says that that's not very helpful because there are others like him who are trying to do the right thing. They struggle with same-sex desires, and, and, and they're trying to live faithfully for God. And sometimes they fail, fail like we all do. But they said that, uh, that, that you know, they're, they're just doing what, what they're supposed to do, which is to be chaste. And there are other organizations out there who, who are full of people trying to do the right thing. Um, let's see. There are ministries like Eden Invitation, the Courage Apostolate, and the Spiritual French, uh, Friendship Movement that are trying to encourage people in his situation to do the right thing. But what Pope Francis does, instead of elevating those groups, he'll look at other groups uh, with people like James Martin, ministries that promote acceptance, so organizations like New Ways that has openly defied traditional Catholic teaching, and Pope, the Pope will kind of interact and support and affirm these people. And Sebastian's like, hey, what's going on? 
that's not right because what about all the Catholics like me who are trying to live faithfully and trying to deny themselves and to honor God with their lifestyles? And it's just not right. Just like Andy Stanley. What about all those LGB people who are trying to do the right thing? They're trying to deny their sinful lust and say, no, I want to honor God with my body. But Andy Stanley's doing is basically saying, oh, well, like, it's okay if you give in. It's not sustain. If it's not sustainable, just live as you please. And so what Sebastian says, it's the same with him. Well, he'll have Catholic friends being like, go get married to a dude. You're a dude. Go get married to a dude. Why are you saying no? It's natural. It's okay. Go, go live as you please. And he says, I can't do that and honor my savior. And uh, let's see. Uh, going on. Okay. This is Sebastian talking about coming out, so to speak. My event, my eventual coming out to my parents was complicated. I simultaneously told them that I liked other guys. That I was also thinking about taking Catholicism more seriously, which meant if in his mind, all right, if I'm going to take my faith more seriously, I can't pursue relationships with guys baffled. Now, he was in a more progressive household baffled. They asked me to explain how I could think this way. After several frustrating conversations, they sent me to a gay psychologist, hoping that he could get me to accept myself and see that there was nothing wrong with being gay. And yet I remained unconvinced and began practicing my faith more intentionally. I, I focused more on learning about Catholicism than figuring out what to do with my sexuality. It wasn't until I happened upon an article in the New York Times by Eve Tushnet that the pieces started coming together. Eve made a compelling case for how one could accept oneself, his or her sexuality, and the traditional teachings of Catholicism without falling into self-help, uh, self-hate or shame. Tushnet's witness gave me the motivation to take up the path of chastity, which, with time, I began to realize was easier said than done. It turns out that Jesus wasn't lying when he said following him required picking up one's cross. I have discovered that without the grace of God and the support of loving friends, living according to Christ's example is impossible. Though I spend most of my time in open-minded social circles, so in his mind progressive, there have been occasions when I have encountered hostility from other Catholics for being same-sex attracted. More often than not, it was expressed implicitly in the form of exclusion rather than the outright condemnation or hate speech. For this reason, I appreciate that Pope Francis has condemned attitudes of judgmentalism or exclusion. But at the same time, so that's a shot at those on the right, those who are more conservative. He's like, Pope Francis has helped in this area. But at the same time, now this is a shot at those on the left. I've also come across Catholics who have discouraged me from living a life of chastity. Friends and movements and, and other lay movements have told me that I can't be happy living alone and that they can help me marry another man. They can help me find a boyfriend. Another friend has said that she would pray for me to learn to stop hating myself. I've met priests in confession who have told me my commitment to chastity is praiseworthy, but I shouldn't stay closed off of finding a partner, as the church will soon change its teachings. After I confessed to falling into the sin of lust, another priest told me that I'd be better off if I found a boyfriend already and stopped worrying about sin. So... This Catholic, this gay Catholic Sebastian Alvarez, is saying that Pope Francis has helped and hurt. On one hand, he's helped those who struggle with same-sex attraction and made them more, felt like they're, they're heard and they're seen. But at the same time, he's hurt because now people think, oh, you can live as you please. Why, why do you even try to fight your lust? Just give in. And uh, so now I'm going to turn from his story, Sebastian and his struggles and how he's trying to stay chaste in the midst of same-sex attraction 
to talking about the church, and this is how I'll close the sh- uh, I'll close the show. Would your church love someone who's attracted to the same sex, but trying to live in chastity, trying to be chaste? Would your church love that person? Or would they be on the more conservative side and say, what's wrong with you? You you terrible person, insert whatever word. You're going to hell. How dare you, you freak? That's not loving. Or would your church go to the other side, more on the liberal side, and say, yo, bro, it's okay, man. Just give in. Go get married to someone. Just give in. It's not bad. Jesus doesn't mind. Whatever. Throw out the Bible's teaching on sexual ethics. Live as you please. Get married to someone of the same gender. Who cares? Both are unloving. Does our local church, your church and my church, do we love people well to call sin a sin, but also to give them a hug? To say that God loves you. But this lifestyle is sinful. We want you here. But also, we might have to consider chastity. We might have to consider, you know, maybe God changing the sexual attraction. There are stories of that happening. It's few and far between. But it does happen. These are difficult topics. And it's so easy to go in one direction or the next. Oh, you sinful freak, God hates you, how dare you, you you terrible person. Well, that's gross and disgusting. Also, oh, nothing's wrong with you, live as you please, whatever, don't listen to the Bible. Well, that's unloving as well. Does our church do a good job of welcoming people with same-sex attraction into the church while also saying we need to repent lay down our desires, and follow Christ. It's a difficult line to walk. We can't stray in either direction. We need help, and we need to help those who are struggling to help them to follow Christ better. Anyways, we'll be back tomorrow. Greg Davis will be back tomorrow. He's been out last couple days. This is WXJC Radio, Priority Talk. My name is Nate Williams. Make sure to check out our website, Priority Talk Radio. Uh, This is FM 101.1, AM 850, Truth 101. Uh, Make sure you're praying. Make sure you are in your Bible, loving, serving, preaching, teaching the gospel. Jesus loves you, and I'll talk with you later.